Hello, this is Dr. Fred Clary, and this is another Fact Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to cover something that you may find boring, that you may find too complicated, but affects your life every day and affects your decision-making every day, whether it's your decision-making at work, at home, with your family, in relationships, and most importantly, when it comes to life and death decisions for medical care and health care, and that is causation. Now, the point of this podcast is not to go into a big philosophical or logic um, explanation that you would get at a college level or university level, but I want to introduce of some facts to people, especially in light of all the happenings in the news and in politics that, you know, that A can go to B, can go to C, that something happening over here must be causing this, and that is the outcome. As we say in the real world, where you see smoke, there's fire. Now, of course, we know that sometimes smoke is not a fire, but there is a problem. You got a smoking toast, you're about to have a fire. But when we go through causation, I'd like to dig into that a little bit because many of our decisions are based on causation. I'm going to run out and get and protect myself from the new coronavirus because it's so virulent, it's killing all these people, when when you turn around, in America alone, last flu season, near 80,000 people died from the flu. Yet, and I mean, fill fill up a stadium, especially like in Michigan, some of their colleges, those stadiums hold 80,000 human beings. This is horrible. And we lost 80,000 human beings due to the flu and a flu season. That should cause alarm. And it doesn't even carry the alarm. I know sometimes we see it in the news and they, they try to hype it up. But when I talk to people day in, day out in my office, at the gym, I'm dealing with hundreds of people every week that I don't hear the big alarm. Like when they wash their hands, they keep their, yeah, they're trying to tell people to stay home from school and work if you're sick, but it's not the scary, let's shut down flights, let's close down cities that you see from this version. And yes, this version is nasty, but again, 80,000 people died. You have about 200 have died so far. Doesn't mean that it's not a nasty bug. But, you know, I'm trying to get into some causation like smoking causes cancer. Well, that's not true. Because we all know someone who smoked a pack of cigarettes a day for 30, 40 years and never had cancer, never had a stroke, never had heart problems, and they died of an old age when they slip and fell off their back steps. Now, they may be an outlier. Outlier means statistically rare. But they are still a human being. So to say that smoking causes cancer in every human being would not be causation. It would not be true. We're, not, we're talking causation. We're looking for what is true every single time. And in the way we live our life, at least the majority of the time. What does that mean? Well, when someone goes into a doctor and say they have a headache and the doctor says, hmm, something bad like a stroke or a tumor, an aneurysm, let's rule that out first. And that's great because they can cause headaches. Then the next one would be tension, you know, but they don't go through what causes the majority headaches. You know, we would hope they would look at eyesight, but how about dehydration? 
How about the fact that the person's under stress and they're not getting enough food? They're slightly malnourished, not getting enough protein or carbs or good fats, and they're not getting enough water. Well, most doctors that I've run into, whether it's osteopath, chiropractors, or medical doctors, don't look at some of the bigger cause of causation. And what I would like to talk about today is when you're talking about what makes things happen, if we knock off, we knock down one domino and those dominoes are properly spaced and in a row, then all the dominoes will go down if there's gravity. And the first domino is what caused domino number 50 to fall down. Now, we've all played with dominoes as kids, and we've seen that. We've all played the game Mousetrap. Now, people under 25 probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But Mousetrap was a game where you, put, you, you, rolled, a, you rolled a dice and you went around the board and you created these oh, complicated you know, machines that indirectly led to your mouse being captured. Now, if you look up on the internet, mousetrap, we call it a Rube Goldberg. A Rube Goldberg is named after a cartoonist who used to draw these elaborate, like, machines that took more energy and more effort just to do something simple. And they were kind of a a paradox and kind of whimsical. But we also want to look at biology, not in a whimsical way, but, you know, what causes, say, that person's cancer? Well, yeah, it could have been smoking. Well, it was the facts they genetically were related to it. And they had 50 years of a bad diet, 50 years of stress, 50 years of drinking alcohol. There's all these other factors, these cofactors in there that you have to rule out. So we may say that, you know, with the average human, if you have 50 years of stress and 50 years of smoking and 50 years of bad diet, that that may lead to cancer. So you can't just say smoking leads to this. Smoking causes that. You know, I know it's good enough for an FDA or a warning label on a package of cigarettes. But what researchers try to do is try to get some causation. And causation is tough. Um, I, let's, let's move to something even simpler. And I'm not saying that smoking doesn't cause these issues. But what I'm saying is there's more than one factor. And all the researchers say that. Well, let's look at, say, lifting weights. Um, I tried a new program. I went to my online coach. I paid for that. And I did this conjugate training or this specialized training with rubber bands and chains and, you know, percentages. It's amazing. Now I'm state champion, national champion. And that, that routine you gave me before, coach, you know, your local coach, ah, that's not working. Well, stop. Just stop. This, is the, this may also be the first time they wrote down a routine because they paid for it. It also may be the first time that they did enough volume. They actually did enough work, did enough sets. And it also may be the first time that, you know, they ate correctly. They put in, you know, certain amount of sleep. They're getting, re, they're getting rehabilitation. They're getting healing. They're getting recovery. And they will blame or link as a cause this new routine. Now, usually when someone comes up to me and they say they try this new routine I, or a new diet, I do not try to downplay it because for them, it's working. And it's more than just the placebo effect. For them, it's working. But if they really sat back and look at it, their old routine would have worked if they had more sleep, ate more diet, and wrote things down and were more systematic about it. 
So what am I saying? That intention has a part to causality. How, how do you think about something? How do you go about it? As I talk to my kids, they're going through high school and we have kids in college and middle school. And my kids that get the straight A's, I think I were blessed with some of those kids. And the kids that struggle with some of their, uh, their grades, it's, it's amazing. The kids that get the straight A's, they always do their homework. They focus on getting it done. They may compla- complain that they hate algebra, but the first thing they do is attack it when they get home if they can. Or they sk- set aside a time to attack it. Now, it may not have been from me and my wife's co-parenting. It may be the fact that that's what they have inside and they just want to get it rid of. Yes, they may have some genetic predispositions to doing some of these subjects, but they take a different approach than the other kids. I get to sit back and observe this from, you know, not in the fishbowl. I'm in the fishbowl with them. I get to observe the differences. And the kids that really attack it, it works for So what really caused the good grades? Was it the different teachers we hear complaints about? Was it, you know, a a better book? Or was it the fact that you had intention to try to learn it and go through it? Causation. What really caused you to have a good grade may have been the hard work you put in, not that the teacher's better or that it's an easier class. What's amazing is, is our perception that neurology in our brain always filters and changes and tells us things depending on how we grew up. Our filter may be very optimistic and we can do this and we can do that. Our filter in our brain can say, no, this is horrible and this is horrible to me, looking for bad causes. Oh yeah, if I do that, this will happen. This bad thing will happen. Or if I do this, this good thing will happen. So causation is muddled. So I'm going to recommend a book, and it for those doctors out there listening, this may help. Or for those that are really interested into digging more into this subject, um, the book that started or helped complete this in me, this uh, idea of looking for causation, true causation, more like a scientist or a critical thinker. And you don't have to think of yourself as a scientist, as some nerd in a lab, white lab coat with you know Coke bottle glasses, none of that. You can, you can look at causation and be a researcher and scientific with everything you approach. You know, it, explaining to your kids, oh, I want to stay out late. Okay, what makes you think you can stay out late and why would that be a good thing for you? Well, you know, I'll have more time with my friends. Yes, but you have to get up early for, for swim practice. What does that mean to you? And you start showing the causation that their actions may lead down this road, down this road, down this road. And they can start thinking this through so they can go back. And if they are tired the next day, they have no one to blame. But what happened? Causation. So the book is by James Woodward. And I read this many years ago. Like It's from 2003, I think, 2002. I'm doing it off the top of my head. James Woodward. And the book is called Making Things Happen, A Theory of Causal Expl- Explanation. And for you logic uh, gurus out there, you'll enjoy it. And for casual readers, you'll enjoy it. Why is this important? Sometimes we rely on gurus so often, medical doctors, chiropractors, coaches, teachers, that the accountants, lawyers, that these are our experts. And sometimes what is explained to you and given to you is their theory, their causations. And it may not be the truth, and you find out the truth five years, 10 years, 20 years later. 
So what really caused that 50th domino to fall over? The way Woodward explains it is very good. He actually uses some philosophy and says, look, you can't say, we'll use the smoking example, that smoking causes cancer because in many thousands it does not. Now, of course, you also have to say, did you follow up with those people 20, 30 years after they quit smoking? Or did we, did we go all the way to the end till everyone passed away? So our research could be limited. Our eyesight, what we can observe, could be limited. Sometimes when we're looking for causation, you may never know the cause. And Woodward Wood explains that. He tries to get some math and throw some math at you and try to look at and try to look at the different angles. I always like to say, and I'll continue on all these podcasts, you have to be a Sherlock Holmes. If you have a new workout routine and it's working for you, sit back and, and always say, oh, is it the routine? Or what other things did I change? Well, I'm getting more sleep. I'm getting more water. I joined a new gym. Well, it may not be the routine. It may be the fact of these other factors. And if you need to test it, yeah, switch back and go back to your old routine. You'd be amazed. There's uh, many theories of weight training out there, powerlifting, strength training. And the amazing thing that gets me is how things come into vogue and everyone starts doing that. And, for example, you know, well, this is the way to train and this is the way the Russians do it. Well, one thing about the Russians is that they all trained in a group. They had three or four coaches looking at everything. Everything was detailed, and they basically were professionals. Their life was getting up, working out, eating, sleeping, getting recovery, going to bed, get up, do it again, rinse and repeat again and again. They were, they were constantly monitored and coached. Sometimes it's the environment you're in. You go into a gym like CrossFit. You go to a CrossFit gym and everyone is happy and screaming and motivating you. And it's the motivation that moves you forward. Because if I look at their form, half the form of some of these CrossFit boxes is going to lead to injury. And you shouldn't get better. Well, they could get the same results if they could motivate themselves at home in front of a DVD in their TV. If they could jump around and do the lifting and they had a little gym at home and they could get on a bike and do high-intensity training and do pull-ups and sit-ups and sit-ups and run around and control their diet. They would get the same. But you can't, some people can't, I know I can't, I can't motivate myself by myself. So maybe what really caused it was not CrossFit, maybe it was the environment that we do this as a group, the motivation. I know I've trained in many gyms, and if you walk into that gym, you're going to do better just by the motivation, the music playing, good weights, good training partners, people that care about your lifting, and that motivates you to move forward. That's usually why CrossFit works. Um, why some diets, like I'll use the, the term Weight Watchers, but we go with a group and you're constantly monitored. I don't know if it's so much the, the actual food you're eating or the fact you have accountability and coaching and people to lean on. We're all in a group. We're doing this together. What really caused it? Was it the diet or was it the environment or was it the combination? And what the book, Making Things Happen, goes through that. Why is that important for healthcare? Well, Many times when we say, I, I do a course of adjustments on a patient, give them exercise, I'll put in motor programs through various means, and they get better. I try not to do too much at once because I want to know what we're doing is helping 
or hurting or neutral, nothing. And those things have the feedback. If you go to a doctor and they give you 10 or 15 pills, which one is causing the side effects? I mean, that's a lot of work to figure that all out instead of going slowly to make changes. The human body likes slow changes. The human body likes to, to adapt that way, especially in an adult. So when you're looking for causation, I don't know why my business isn't going good. I don't know why this relationship is going bad. I don't know why these things are happening to me. Sometimes it's not as obvious on the outside. And as a coach, I look on, I sit back and look at people and say, okay, you know what? It isn't so much your marriage, it's communication skills. You may have married someone who's completely auditory. They process their life through hearing and sound and, and, and uh, talking, okay, verbally. And you are, say, visual. You have to see it. It has to be written. Emails and texts actually have meaning to you. How you dress actually matters because you're visual. And it's not that one's better than the other. They just communicate and they see and they process different ways. So it's not so much, oh, he, you know, the marriage is bad. He's this, he's that. No, 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 no. You put someone else in there that's auditory and can communicate, they, they'll have a 50-year marriage. Same with the visual person. You put a visual person in there, they'll have a 50-year marriage. It'll be wonderful. You have to make sure that the cause is not what you think. You have to step back and say, okay, maybe it's not communication. Maybe it's my communication. Maybe I'm visual and I don't know how to communicate to an auditory or a kinesthetic properly. And then when we take that step back and we start looking at the causes or at least explore that there could be another cause, that that's important. I know patients coming to me all the time, I'm gaining weight, I think my thyroid is bad. We'll send out for blood tests, thyroid will be fine. I don't know what's wrong. Maybe it's aging. So well, aging does slow down your metabolism, but maybe it's the 10 Oreo cookies and glass of chocolate milk you have every night, every night for seven days a week, 365. Now that extra, I don't know, 250, 300 calories isn't much. You're a 150, 200 pound man, it's not much, but you don't burn that. So that extra 200 calories a day, 365, over five years, you're gonna gain 15 pounds. And to reverse it, it's gonna take long. So looking at the cause and trying to explore different avenues may help to your success at whatever you're doing. And I recommend pick up a book on causation. The book Making Things Happen could be helpful. There's other books like that. But, and if it seems too heavy or weighty for you, that's okay. Just get through it and you may have a different view of your life. And this has been another fact podcast.